Leave the World Behind. It's a uh, movie out on Netflix right now. It's about a, uh, a possible end of the world or end of America situation uh, through cyber attacks. Now, there's going to be a lot of spoilers. So here are the uh, the characters again. For those that didn't catch the first episode, just kind of a little bit of a rundown, you know, from left to right. You have George. He's the owner of the Airbnb. His daughter uh, is next to him, Ruth. And then you have that was Amanda, right? Yeah, it's Amanda. Amanda. I, I always try to I end up calling her Julie Roberts a couple of times, but it's Amanda. And then you got you got Clay. Uh, them two are a. Uh, Husband and wife, they have a, a son and daughter that are also staying with them uh, as well at this Airbnb. Uh, like we said last time, a couple of things that you want to pay attention to is the background, the scenery. I think there's a lot of hidden messages in this movie. Uh, and I think I've kind of maybe perhaps, I think I figured out what they're trying to say in this movie. I think I understand what the message is. We'll, we'll go through it. But check out the uh, the painting there. Throughout this movie, you'll see that the painting and change, you know, as the movie, you know, goes on through the, the different scenes there's five different parts you'll see this painting change did you notice the first time you were watching it blue that the painting was changing no i just thought it was different rooms i i noticed it so this play it takes place in new york i mentioned last time you had some cracks in the wall which told me that there was some foundation issues we had a 76 mug here on the left uh, it says 6 30 i believe there on the on the on the clock there uh you have a six over here with the 30 covered with a cup so you do have three sixes on the screen take that for what you will one light on, one light off. And and in this scene, his wife, uh, Amanda here, is telling him basically that she woke up that morning, decided to get an Airbnb because she hates people. So you have the little girl here. Her name is Rose. She loves this movie or, or this uh, Friends, you know, and she's on the last episode, the season finale. And this is when everything starts to go crazy, right? And she notices that the internet isn't working. This is the Airbnb house. And this is where you get that first painting while they're looking at the home. There's four like spikes here. Do you think that those four spikes are an interpretation of the family? That's I mean, there is four mountains and it's four of them. Maybe. And if you notice, like, you have one on the left. It's kind of hollowish a little bit. Like, um, you see some blackish areas where it looks kind of hollow. The other one, the middle one, is pretty solid. And then you have smaller ones. I, I would think that this one would be a representation of the husband. You know, we spoke yes last time that we thought that the husband was a little bit of a, uh, a pushover almost. And then his wife definitely was the person that wore the, the pants in this relationship. And I think that's who is representing the middle one that is more solid and bold. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's more bold and outspoken. I haven't seen. This is just them walking through the house. The Wi-Fi password password is a novella, which apparently has something to do with um, cyber cyber technology, which is an indication of what's going to end up being one of the main problems in this movie is that America is under attack, uh, cyber attack. So here, this is the, they head to the beach, right? And they exit 76 to Point Comfort, and, and they're on the beach, and this ship starts heading towards them called the White Lion. When I first saw the movie, I didn't even catch the name. You know, I saw the ship. I didn't pay attention to the name of it. Oh, I, I did, man. I, I looked right at it, and I was like, huh, there's something to this. So this is from the uh, history.com. In August 20 of the 1619, remember 1619, remember those numbers, 20 and odd Angloans kidnapped by Portuguese arrived in the British colony of Virginia and are then brought by English colonists. The arrival of the enslaved Africans into the, into the new world marks the beginning of two and a half centuries of slavery in North America. Founded in Jamestown in 1607, the Virginia colony was home to about 700 people by 1619. The first enslaved Africans to arrive Virginia 
disembarked at Point Comfort. So the whole 76 thing, I think that's, you know, some, a reference to when, you know, America got gained its independence in 1776, the whole nine yards, right? The ship that arrived was called the White Lion. It was the uh, White Lion. And there was two Africans who arrived on board of the White Lion. Antonio and Isabella became servants of Captain William Tucker, commander of Point Comfort. Their son, William, is known his first known African child to have been born in America and under law of the time, he was born a free man. In coming decades, however, slavery became solidified. So they came on that that boat that they arrived on in 1619 at Point Comfort was was the uh, White Lion. Do you think that that's a uh, coincidence, Big Blue? Uh, it has to have a meaning for sure. Not it's a really weird coincidence. No, nah, it's no coincidence, my man. So they get back home. They start seeing some deer. Oh boy, tries to hook up with a. You know, the girl says that she, his wife says that she wants to go and, you know, do something fun. She's going to go out to the, to the market and, uh, and get some alcohol or whatever. And he said, you know, something to the effect, like, you know, when we get back, I, I know something fun we can do. And she just kind of walks away like, yeah, no, nah, not really. And yeah. so, she, wasn't, she wasn't interested in his, his advances he was selling. You know, later on in the movie, she we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it, which tells me that there might be some problems here already. So this is where she goes. She goes to Point Comfort Marketplace. Notice that the store is blue. Big Blue would love this place. And the car is blue, too. Car is blue. Even even the car. Wait a minute. Is that the car that they show up in? Ruth and her dad, George. That looks like the car that they show up in. So here is Kevin Bacon. This is the first time he comes out. His name is Danny. Uh, he's wearing a, a, a Cowboys baseball hat, a um, brown Carter Carhartt type jacket, some jeans, four by four truck. But on the back corner here, you have uh, something called E-Kit, which is, I guess, an Easter egg to the show Mr. Robot from USA a couple of years back that aired. It's about some hackers as well. And in that series, there was a corporation called E-Corp or Evil Corp. And this was their insignia on everything, pretty much. So this kind of says that they're together in the same universe. And there's a lot more Easter eggs to come that, that kind of puts them together. And then I want, I want you guys to hear something as well that I have pulled from Mr. Robot. And this is also a uh, book from the uh, Mr. Robot series. I think this is a fictional book from that series. So it's not a real book. This is in her car. Another indication that they are in the same universe. Now, this is when they're playing Jenga. Yeah, and we mentioned it last time, Blue, but do you, what do you think it means? Do you, do you follow what I'm saying, or do you think it means something different? I get where you're coming from, but at this point, because there's no two towers, just one. Well, the attack is only on one. It's in the entire country. It's only one attack, so to speak. The Twin Towers was two attacks. But to me, what I saw, as soon as I saw this, the second I saw this, it immediately put me to this painting here. For those that don't know, well, Blue, do you know where this painting was located at? Yeah, yeah, in Epstein's premises. Yep. So it's on Epstein's Island. Epstein was a powerful guy that uh, was a billionaire that, in my opinion, compromised a lot of powerful people. I mean, this is interesting. And what he's doing is he's, he has two paper airplanes and there's two Jenga towers. To me, this indicates that United States or George Bush here had some sort of either he allowed the 9-11 attacks to occur or was a part of it. I think that's what the uh, the symbolization is here. And when I went back and watched the pilot for Mr. Robot, I, I was I was surprised when he um, or in the show he there's this, he has a love interest. It's his friend. He's interested in this girl, and she and that girl has a boyfriend. And what he what he does is he goes back, he hacks people, and he searches their their history and their online stuff. They brought up that the person that um, his love interest was dating at the time was a supporter of George Bush, and I was like, hmm. You know, they talk about George Bush in the pilot episode and you have Jenga Towers here and your Jenga Towers there. This wasn't the only painting. 
This is another painting that was on Epstein's Island. And like I said last time, if you guys really want to follow a really crazy conspiracy theory, go look up the red shoes theory. That's it's insane. But this is what starts part two, which is called the curve. And that's when the owners of the Airbnb, George and Ruth, arrive. Now you have the Caucasian folks inside where it's lit up and the African-American folks outside where it's dark. Do you think that that was purposely done? Um, like that big blue i mean i think it does have a, a little bit of a meaning to the photo but like i said every this, this movie has a lot of twists and turns and meanings that i don't catch them on the first time so maybe on the second time i can see him i i think it's there man i think it's it's purposefully there there's some racial undertones there uh, on both sides you, you know there's the uh well let's go through it yeah he basically tells them that there was a blackout back at back in the city and he lives on the 14th floor can't climb up there because he got a bum knee and that this is their house. They lived here. So they wanted to come home because they knew that there was power here, too. They end up coming inside. She's skeptical of the entire thing. Um, she doesn't think that they are who they think they are. And, and it kind of the, the, the movie kind of makes it feel or make you think that the reason why she doesn't think that these folks are the owners of the home is because of the color of their skin. Did you pick up on that, Big Blue? Yeah. And that's what it seemed like. You know, is this your home? The way she said it. I can't remember the tone she used. It was yeah. a little bit more biased to like because of the cut of their skin that that's not their house. Right. And then even in this situation, and this is what we brought up last time where, you know, she says, I don't feel comfortable living in a house with and she pauses and she goes with strangers. But during that pause, you have this look behind her of, you know, from her husband, like he's like, whoa, what are you about to say? That tells me that maybe perhaps he was expecting her to say something like that or he's heard her say things like that. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. I uh, think he's 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 used to it, but he was afraid of like her actually like coming out and saying what she really wanted to say. And and look at where he's at. He's sitting behind behind her. He's sitting down. These are strangers. You know what I mean? Yeah, very much the um, you know not the not I guess the man in the relationship. And not to mention, and I'll go back here. His T-shirt. It's a uh, Bikini Kill, which is a um, a feminist punk band. And I believe their first single was like called uh, Pussy Whooped. Amanda asks him for his. ID. He says that he left his wallet in his coat pocket uh, that he left when he checked at the symphony. And then you have uh, this come up, right? And this is a national alert. They go and they check it. And it just says that there's a national alert and that the uh, broadcast system is going to end during this broadcast. And then while they're there, the Jenga towers fall on their own by themselves. This point is when I started to think, I think that, that there might be something that's going to be employing here that this might be america's doing so to speak yeah she's definitely the alpha and then this map pops up and the, this is while everybody's gone the the two uh, amanda and clay go upstairs to go talk whether or not you know uh, they're okay with having ruth and george stay and and they decide that it's okay and they end up going to bed they go upstairs ruth and and her dad george go downstairs to the basement and while nobody's around this is what pops up on the tv but as we talked last time blue and i think you were still here when we talked about it there's a qr code right here when you when you click on that qr code it takes you to this website right here it says visit uh, mercer county things to do lodging this is an actual website it's not fake and it's about lake shawnee abandoned amusement park it's a real amusement park out there in West Virginia area. Uh, there's something unnatural about the Mercer County attraction, the Native American burial ground, violent deaths, freak accidents, and uh, who knew a simple amusement park could have such a dark past? Explore this creepy, maybe cursed land, one of the world's most haunted places. 
arrange a private tour, join the paranormal investigators to ghost hunt or brave the dark carnival in October. If you like Lake mm-hmm. Shawnee and Abandoned Amusement Park, you'll love these places too. But this is where it gets it gets interesting, right? So here's the here's a story. Lake Shawnee Amusement Park was crippled long before local entrepreneur colony Snitto broke ground for the circular swing. At least this is what the most locals think. As ask anyone familiar with the area, and they'll tell you no one should have turned the grassy field into a carnival. Uh, most things seem obvious in retrospect. Uh, when Snido purchased the property during the 1920s, he had no idea it had witnessed decades of bloody unrest. And guess what? There is an incident. And you know what the incident is called, Big Blue? It's called the Clay Incident. Oh, man. What's the name of what, what Ethan Hawke's character is named? Clay. So Lake Shawnee Restless Pass originates in the 18th century. During the 1700s, Mitchell Clay brought his young family out west. They established an 800-acre farm and raised 14 children. Tragedy struck the Clays in 1783. A Native American tribe uh, slew two of the children while Mitchell was out hunting. They kidnapped one of the boys, Ezekiel, only to burn him at the stake. Clay retaliated with one with the help of other settlers. They tracked down several Native Americans and killed them. The sacred homestead was never the same. The Clay property didn't attract much notice until 1920s when the signal appeared with his rides and attractions, circular swings, water slide, et cetera. At some point, they start, things started to go wrong. A little girl died on the swing. A boy drowned in the pond. Six visitors had died during the amusement park's brief history. Man, they're almost just as bad as Disney. Well, check it out. After 20 years, another businessman approached the uh, Lake Shawnee. Gaylord White uh, vowed the sleepy meadows seemed ideal for future neighborhoods. But as construction grew, tore into the grass and soil, they unearthed bones and Native American artifacts. It turned out that the amusement park sat on top of an ancient burial ground, and most of the skeletons belonged to children. Archaeologists believe that the remains had been there long before settlers moved to the West. And then says, was fa- it was Clay's family also cursed? What do you think about this story? And why, why do you think this is in this movie? Uh, that part, I don't know. I think maybe it's it's going to be released in part two, maybe. If there is maybe. a part two, you know, um, I, I think maybe it'll go back to where maybe where Clay's from. Ruth and her father, George, they go down to the basement. And this is them talking. We need to get them out of here. Uh, and he goes, we're not going to do that by scaring them. They need to think everything's going to be okay. And she ends up saying everything is going to be okay. And his response is, and she asks, your client didn't tell you anything else, did he? Oh, I had it out of order. Everything is going to be okay. Basically what that means to me or, or, or what that says is that he knows something, right? She doesn't know everything that he knows, but he knows something about what's going on to a certain extent. And one of the things that he also talked about, and I forgot to mention, is that he studies the market and can read the curve and read when things are happening. He said that he was seeing some things that were leading up to what he thought something was going to happen, but he never mentions what it is. So it cuts up to like the next day or whatnot. And this is something that I have wanted to point out. In this image here, you have the Braves versus the Nationals. You have the uh, the Braves doing their 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 chopping symbol, which has been a huge controversy as far as it being prejudiced towards uh, Native Americans. And then you go into part three, the noise. Uh, up to this point, Blue, what, what are you thinking about about everything now that we've kind of planed it all? I think everything that has the in the part of this movie where it's working up to the suspenseful part is little clues and and narratives that something is coming up and something worse is going to happen so boom next morning little girl rose she uh, wakes up her mom to tell her that friends isn't working still and she has to see what's going on with that what does that tell you blue that uh, the internet's still out and that the other uh you know that they weren't lying that there was a blackout you know well i mean yeah but uh, to me that tells me like 
there's some serious stuff going on and all they care about is is their luxuries her parents shield her you know and and and, and her son too like when they're talking about things they're like we don't want to tell the kids this you know not about them this is about us let's figure this out we want we don't want to scare them for no reason you know what i mean so she basically shoes her off and she wakes up and sees a bunch of these uh, alerts on her phone. The last one, I'm kind of curious as to what that says, because it looks like it's written in, a, it's not in one language, obviously, but like, for instance, isn't typically the at the letter A. I don't know where the scent would be from. First of all, I got to say that's typically how the Washington Post writes anyways, those bastards. I love it. I love it. That's true. Bunch of gibberish. So major blackouts reported on the East Coast of the United States. East Coast of the United States reports power failure. Hackers behind power outage. Right. And then you have this random stuff. Now, look at the look at the water there on this page here. I'm not sure if I had brought it up before. This is what the water level was when they first got there on the wall. You can see it's barely above uh, the, the top of the bed frame here below this lamp. The next day they wake up. This is well above the lamp. Waters are rising. What do you think that means? Water's rising, temperature rising, heat rising. What, what, what do you think water rising means in this? Moment? I think it just means the, the the trouble troubles rising. Blue wave. I didn't think about that one. Yeah, waters are going to be rising as more. In my opinion, you know, things are going more chaotic in this movie. So little girl goes outside and she starts seeing a bunch of deer, a whole lot of deer. You can kind of see how many are back there. I think I see Bigfoot. If you walked outside, blue, and you saw this. In your backyard. Let's just say this was your backyard. One, that would be a dope-ass backyard. But oh, two, yeah. let's just say <laughs> this was your backyard. And you walked out and you saw 50-some deer like this. W what's your thought? Uh, where's my rifle? That's... Where's my rifle? Oh, man. You going back inside or you going to stay out there and just kind of see what they're going to do? I'm going to see what, what they're staring at and throwing some apples or something. It looks like they're staring at the person looking at them. So at this point, Ruth comes upstairs and she's talking with Amanda. Amanda tells her about the uh, alerts that she had on her phone. Ruth tells her that there was a blackout that had occurred about hackers being behind it back a couple of years back. And that ended up being part of that Mr. Robot show. And she continually asks about power plants. And the reason why she's asking about power plants, I'm assuming, well, I think that this little girl here is involved in the hacking. I think she might be a, a little bit of a hacker. If there is a part two, I think we're going to find that out. Now, I don't know if she's like involved with this hacking per se, but I think she knows some things. Remember, the Wi-Fi password was for some sort of like cyber security thing. So this is what she's talking about. She says, remember that thing that happened in New Jersey a few years back? And this is when George comes in and he asks, where's Clay? And Amanda says he went to the store to get newspaper and asked people if they knew anything. And he says, smart, I'm going to go over to our neighbor's house, the Huxley's. And then this is when Amanda basically tells him about, tell George about the uh, the news alerts that she, that she got referencing the, the hacking. He says he thinks there's nothing that is probably that love you bug where people were getting an email. Once you opened up the email, it would go to all your contacts and ended up being a couple of guys in the Philippines. Nothing big. So he's kind of playing it down. She ends up going outside, Amanda, that is, with her kids. George and his daughter, Ruth, go up to the window and she talks about her mom. This is the first time we find out about, about her mom. Her mom is apparently somewhere else. She was supposed to be flying in that day. Yeah, she right, was that morning. meetings in, I want to say somewhere in like Turkish or Istanbul or something like that. And she was supposed to be flying in and landing on this day. And he asked, you know, have you heard about her, this, that, and the third? And he's just saying that, you know, she's probably, you know, cussing somebody out. So outside you have, this is Archie and Rose again. These are the Clay and uh, Amanda's kids. Uh, Ruth goes outside and Clay starts taking some, some oh. pictures for later. Archie. Archie. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Archie takes pictures for later. And after they're swimming or whatever, Rose 
and Archie decide to go off, right? They think they said that they found a shed. They go inside the shed. They start looking around and Archie starts to scare his sister by saying that somebody was staying in that shed and there's an impression here in the in the leaves. He tells uh, Rose that whoever was staying in the shed out the window can see into her bedroom window. But see, the, the thing that, that caught my eye in this scene was his shirt. The shirt says obey. No, and I, and I know that shirt has a meaning. I just don't remember what it was. So they end up leaving, right? And Archie ends up getting bit by some sort of insect, probably a tick. And while he's uh, looking around, Rose sees this deer. Now, she she's the one that saw the deer earlier, the 50 amount of deer. And the deer takes off and she tells him, you know, should we go over here? All right now, remember this house. There's a red door on it. So pretty easy to remember. Everything else has blue. She says, should we go over there? And he says, no, we got to go back. And as they're walking back, there's this loud noise and everybody falls to the ground. It's heard everywhere. Yeah, they, they started ringing. And at this point, this is when Archie and Rose find their mom in the woods. Now, this is where people are talking about this shirt. You have Obey and then you have NASA. What do you think about that, Blue? Yeah, I mean... NASA's not really in, in the picture no more. It's, it's Elon now, so uh, it would have been obey Elon, and it would have been different. So there's a lot of theories about NASA. Like there's, it's a TOA of you know you can move the words around and they'll spell Satan. That's the the theory there. Now, meantime, George he's going to the Huxleys, and when he gets there, he's messaging his his wife. You know, uh, this was yesterday at 10:30. Are you getting these? Just tried to, but not going through. Are you at the airport yet? Uh, is AT200 the right flight number? It's not showing up. We're headed to Long Island. Call when you can. Now, yesterday I told everybody that I thought that this movie was had to do with one world order, world without borders. That's what I brought up on Monday. So I go do a little bit of digging into who the Huxleys are and why they're in this movie. And I come around with A Brave New World, which is by Aldous Huxley. The novel examines a futuristic society called the world state that revolves around science and efficiency. In this society, emotions and individuality are conditioned out of our children at a young age. And there are no lasting relationships because everyone belongs to everyone else. A common world state, world state dictum. Huxley begins the novel by thoroughly examining the scientific compartmentalized nature of this society. Kind of like extreme communism, in my opinion, as well. Marksmanship, you know, some of the things that they're saying, like conditioning children at a young age, not have emotions. I said that, that I felt like this was an attack um, by America on America. The conspiracy theories uh, out there when it comes to JFK was that he was approached by the CIA they wanted to attack a U.S. Uh, cruise ship with American citizens on it and make it look like that it was an attack from Cuba so that the United States could go to war with Cuba. Then you have, you know, the references to Mr. Robot. And when I go to the first episode, the pilot episode of that movie or that, uh, that series, they talk about George W. Bush. And you have some Jenga towers and you have a pretty famous painting uh, in a very horrible person's house. George Bush playing with Jenga towers. And I I'm saying that, that nothing is put in here on accident, right? If this was that connection, that it's one world state, America can attack itself. I mean, it talks about the Jenga towers. I don't know, man. Well, it doesn't talk, but it, to me, it does. I'm seeing a connection there. Do you see a connection now? Are you starting to see the connection to everything? A little bit. Even if you go out of this mindset, I've been watching the series Twisted Metal, and it's uh -huh. also plays in this kind of future where America turned on itself. And, you know, coincidence that all the new, there's not zombie movies coming out right now or, back, or Dracula or, or werewolf. It's, you know, we're getting cyber attacked and we're turning on each other. It's a pretty weird coincidence that that's all that's coming out lately. Hmm. Maybe. This was produced by former president 
Barack Obama. Does does that make you feel at least a little bit uneasy at all, knowing these connections and so far? They're talking about some, in my opinion, it's referencing some pretty some pretty out there, not out there theories in the, in, in the reference that it's out there, it's not believable. I'm talking about theories that are out there, uh, common theories that are out there yeah. that have been coming up. Does that make I mean, you feel at least uneasy? A little bit, because when I've heard, you know, some of the TikToks that I watch, the conspiracy theories and Reddits and stuff like that I read sometimes, that the Obamas, when they were writing this, they had a nice, you know, packet of information that they were sending to the to the writer and the director to work that stuff into this movie. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, man. Oh, yeah, dude. Who knows what def- if it's true or not, but hey... They had more insight and they have more, you know, information that we'd ever get. It's like the Clintons. No, yeah, you're you're right, man. And the Bushes. But look like this. So this is the uh, the exterior of the of the Huxel's house. I never noticed there's some shit on the roof. I got some things up there on the roof. He walks yeah. in, everything's blue again, and there's water on the ground. What do you think about the blue constantly coming out in this movie? It's brainwashing you, man. Brainwashing. Yeah, it could be. There's a hole in the window there. Here's a picture of, I'm assuming, the Huxels. White family. Can't really make out much here. Uh, pictures on the beach, it looks like. So he goes out into the garage. He finds a satellite satellite phone. It's not working. And then he starts going back to the beach, and he notices a bunch of people dead. I like when he notices a watch, and he goes and grabs the watch. And there's a hand connected to it. You see this person here. See? She, was, she wore a seatbelt. And she's safe, guys. You have to see Bell's going to save you when a plane crashes. Some dead dude there. His clothes burnt. Well, nobody else's clothes burnt. Do you see AT200 on uh, on the tail fin here somewhere? I don't. It does represent sadness and, and you know, the color screen. That looks like the, you know, the cup you get at, at, at my doctor's office you know, when I give you medicine. Yeah, there's another body right there on the, on the ground. Another body right here. And then he notices a plane coming right at him, falling out of the sky. Why, why do you think that's happening, Blue? I mean, I understand, you know, your navigation's out and all this other stuff, but how is it making planes fall out of the sky? That's where it was a little far-fetched to me, okay? I mean, it, if the cyber attack is happening and it's turning off your navigation right when you, I guess, get to a border of the United States, right, and these planes are crashing, the motors turn off, pilots should be able to, you know, pilot the, the plane for a crash landing without some assistance of motors be hard as hell but these just go straight into the ground like right. a hacker ain't gonna i mean it's a hacker to control of the of the plane and just nose dive it down but yeah i don't i don't i don't know either remember there was that issue with the boeings the airplanes yeah. that were diving they, yeah. they, they grounded a bunch of them and they, they i think at one point they even suspected that malaysia airplane may have been you know one of the airplanes that was having these these recalls because yeah. something was making them dive down they were diving on their own to be aiming to the same area somebody must be Either controlling the plane there, and um, but it's like weird how the, the pilot can't auto like turn everything off and just auto steer. But I don't, I'm not a pilot. I don't know how this works. So yeah, that's interesting. What do, what do you think about his his strategy to run straight? I mean, you gotta run away from something. Yeah, but don't you run to the side? I mean, you're gonna run. <laughs> it's coming at you. Like run, run to the right or the left. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I thought it was a weird strategy, man. So while that's happening, this is happening over here, right? So we're backing up. This is when. Clay is going out, trying to find the store. He gets lost, right? He pulls over, and first thing we find here is uh, Tanny Farms. Does that mean anything to you, Big Blue? Not to me. I, I don't recognize it. Sounds like candy. Oh, it's not. I think it's referring to Roger B. Tanny. So Roger Tanny 
uh, was an American lawyer and politician who served as the fifth chief justice of the United States, holding that office from 1836 until his death in 1864. Tanny infamously delivered the majority opinion in Dred Scott v. Stanford in 1857, ruling that African-Americans could not be considered U.S. citizens and that Congress could not prohibit slavery in the U.S. territories prior to joining the U.S. Supreme Court. Tanny served as the U.S. Attorney General and the U.S. Secretary of Treasury under President Andrew Jackson. He was the first Catholic to serve on the Supreme Court, uh, born into a wealthy slave-owning family in Maryland. Do you think that, that there's a tie to this guy? Pretty sure there is. I think so too. You know, there's a pattern, right? Like everything seems to be kind of. I mean, you you have the Braves game with the controversial chop. You have the the White Lion uh, Beach. You have Tanny Farms. You have the Huxels. Now, that was something different, but I think that's a indication of where things are going in this movie. Yeah. So you see, like, it, there's a right or left to everything, man. They want the they want the Braves chant to get changed, just like they had the the Washington Commanders change their name from the Redskins. And now there's somebody saying, hey, that's, I, I wanted to go back to the Redskins. And, you know, he's fighting in the courts to get it changed back. There's always going to be a right or left to something and to everything that you're going to make one side happy, but you're going to upset the other side. And then there's going to be just back and forth. For, it's already there. It's been there for years. They haven't changed it. Why change it? You know? And then you have this radio station, 1619. And that the year we just talked about on that White Lion ship. I'm telling you, dude, there, everything in this movie was purposely played p- placed there. There's probably things that I missed that, that I didn't catch. You know what I'm saying? While he's outside checking for his phone, message finally comes through on 1619 saying that the fallout from the ongoing cyber attack has led to a catastrophic environmental disaster in the South that is impacting animal migration patterns. All right. So that's why we're seeing those deer and stuff, right? Yeah, the deer and then the flamingos land in their pool. And then we have, you know, him running into a lady that only speaks Spanish. Now we had Hyman translate everything last time. And basically what he had said that she said was that she was scared and she had seen a uh, plane dropping red gas. 50 deer were coming at her and she hadn't seen anybody all day and that she's real scared. And he ends up taking off because he can't understand her. Right. And he leaves her there and he's, she's just like, please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. Wait a minute. Do that again, Blue? <laughs> you only get one and scene. And scene. And scene. One take, one take. Blue, Blue, you could you could have played this lady's husband. I think that's that's what we've got to get you on the silver screen, my man. We got to get you on the silver screen. So he takes off and then he sees a drone with uh pouring some red stuff, right? I zoomed in on this. That's a little drone. That's not a drone that's going to be flying from, you know, China or Japan or or Iraq or Pakistan or or anywhere else like that. Russia. Yeah. Uh, that's coming from here. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not a big like, uh, you know, the drones that we use when we fly to other countries. Not to mention they're, they're stacked holding a bunch of papers. That's going to be heavy. I mean, one paper ain't heavy, but when you have that many papers in it. That's just going to be heavy as hell. So he ends up going home. He he lies to everybody, he says he didn't see anybody got lost. But he says that this paper, which ended up saying that this is a death to America. And on the back, it says that we have explosives uh, that have never been seen before. We want the surrender of your land. Clay and Amanda, like, we're getting the F out. Right. So they get their family. They, they pack up. George tries to convince him not to leave. But Ruth is like, just let him go. Just let him go. Right. So they leave. And Rose here ends up hearing some sirens. She's the only one that can hear the sirens. Once everybody stops talking, they finally can hear the sirens as well. She hears sirens, and then they come up across a scene where there's a bunch of white Teslas crashed. First thing I noticed was that there was no license plates on these Teslas. Yeah. I saw that for the movie. What do you think about 
well, for one, for you know, first things first, what do you think about the Teslas being here all crashed up? Do you think that Elon Musk signed off on this? I think he did, man. More publicity. But, you know, it's one of those things where it, it could be bad publicity. Right now, Elon Musk isn't, I guess, a fan favorite when it comes to uh, those that are that follow politically left. You know, he allowed you know, former President Donald Trump back on Twitter and Alex Jones back on Twitter. And, and and he's been taking a lot of heat from those that follow the political left. Do you think this is a shot at him? Maybe it's only a certain cutter. Yeah, man. They've been, uh, they, they were trying to get it. Brian Kohlberger's cutter. Only that's... the white ones. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's only the, only the white one. There's, there's no other of the other Teslas that are crashing. You know why? Cause they're the cheapest ones they can buy. That's why. So she sees that this was a fully self-driving vehicle and she realizes, uh, they were all brand new and that they all crashed there by themselves. She basically hurries her husband back in the car cause he got out and, all of these white Teslas are, are, are coming at them and they kind of swerve in and around them to get out of the way of the Teslas. And then the camera zooms up and you kind of get your first glimpse of what's going on. And what you see is a lot of cars here are piling up on the on the exit to the city and entrance into the city because the city's back over here. Right. So they're trying to isolate. If, if this is a program thing where they're programming these cars to crash into each other in this area, it's to isolate the people that are in that area. Does that make sense to you, Blue? Yeah. They're trying to control the the roadways where you can't get out of the car. You have to either walk. And what kind of American knows their way around by walking without a map? So then you got these guys coming back, knocking on the door like, can we, can we stay the night again? What do you notice out of this picture? What, what anything anything pop out to you, Blue? Uh, that it's dark inside and it's light outside again. That's that's a good notice. I, I didn't notice that, but I was I was thinking, look at where the dad is. Look where Clay's at. He's like in the far back behind everybody. He's not the alpha. She is. So, so then we get to part four. And this is where things get real exciting. So it starts off with Ruth going into her into a locked room, which I'm assuming is her bedroom. Now I had talked last time on Monday where I felt that maybe perhaps she was like some sort of like activist and, and very proud of her, her, her culture and her race. Or, and she has these um, pictures from back in the day on her wall, historical pictures of African-Americans. I had historical pictures, very proud of where she came from. She, she ends up grabbing a vape and she goes outside and well, she goes to where Clay is filling up water in a tub and, and she basically asks him if she wants to go smoke outside. And he decides to go out there and it's a uh, 420 vape. They begin to smoke. And long story short, he, he starts talking about all this random stuff. They're, they're just randomly talking. Right. And then they get interrupted by a bunch of flamingos. Oh, you can see forgot, them in the background. You forgot to mention she asked him if she if he slept with any of his students. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He asked if she had slept with it, if he had slept with his students. And he's like, Do I look like that kind of guy. And she was just kind of being a little bit flirtatious with him, right? Yeah, on purpose. Though. Flamingos show up. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't know what flamingos meant, but apparently I searched it. Said, "What do flamingos mean? Flamingos in your yard? Now they're the they're the plastic ones, but that's a um, a swinger thing." Yeah. That's what somebody said on the chat last week too. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a swinger type of thing. Uh, maybe indicating that uh, repopulation of the earth is going to have to. It can't be just the same people. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I got out of that. There's there's that flamingo. At the same time, while this is going on, George and Amanda are having a an intense conversation down, uh, inside while they're having a drink, and she starts having a conversation with him. She asks him, "Why'd you really come back?" And he comes up with this story where he tells he really tells her what happens. He goes, "Why well, I came back here involves." something that happened to me a few years back. I won't say his name, but you would recognize it though. And she asks, is it a celebrity? He goes, no, nothing like that. But in the business world, he's one of the biggest ones out there. He deals with mostly in defense contracting. I'm talking hush, hush, top secret money from the Pentagon. And then he talks about 
one day he goes to a party and he's drinking with him and they're, they're having a good time and his wife wants to leave and he don't want to leave because he's having a good time with his friend. Greece to take a cab and he says that he'll come home after. And then he talks about how eventually he starts in on how much he likes me and how he wishes he could invite me on this trip he's about to go on. Now, first and foremost, but if you're drunk with a guy and he's telling you he likes you a lot and he, he wants to take you on this trip, where, where does your mind go to that? Uh, I would say I'm, I'm okay right here. I'm just drinking up here. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to go on the trip? You're not going to go on the cruise? Not with some stranger. Well, it's not a stranger. It's his friend. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe it's a, a good friend. It has to be a good friend. A trusting yeah, friend yeah. that I can fall asleep around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Because... He wishes to invite him on a trip and she asks, you know, what kind of trip is this? Right. So he goes, he goes, it's my annual meeting with the rest of the evil cabal that runs the world. And then yesterday before the symphony. Right. So he says that and he says that he's always you know, joking around about things. And she, he goes, if you knew who he was, if I told you his name, you, you would know why he would be joking around about this. I wonder who he's really talking about. Who jokes around with the cabal stuff? I don't know. Somebody and it has to be somebody with defense contracts world. And, and a lot of money. Joe Biden. Uh, <laughs> It could be. It uh, could be. Biden. Uh, Biden. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so he goes, then yesterday before the symphony, uh, he calls me and tells me he wants to move. He wants me to move around some some of his money. Uh, he tells me he's going away for a while. And he says it's not just some money. It's a large amount of money, even for him. He tells him, oh, yeah, you hanging with your evil cabal this weekend? And the guy ends up telling him, no, he doesn't say anything. And he just says that, uh, take care of yourself. And he says, now, this guy is the kind of guy that will laugh at a cabal joke or whatever, even if it's a bad one. He goes, take care of yourself. He says, when it comes to like the evil cabal, he's like, maybe the truth is more scarier than that. Maybe the, tr the, the scary part is that nobody's in control and that the only thing you can get in this world is a heads up. So I started thinking about that. If all he got was a heads up and you have... All of these countries that are possibly in on this, why would they accept money from the United States a day, you know, before the attack? Yeah, paid by somebody. Yeah, but but American money is not going to be worth crap if if America if if America goes down. You would have to you see who else is moving money. Well, maybe, but why would why would anybody in the know like another foreign? Because I'm assuming taking your American dollars and putting it into you know Chinese dollars or pesos or whatever you want. Some yin and yang. Yin and yang, yeah. And why would they accept it if they knew that there was like some sort of upcoming issue? Let's say no, yeah. But it's easier to, ex I mean, they probably were transferring to exchange it. Mm -hmm. But you never know. I mean, look, look what we we tried to do to uh, Russia in the beginning of the I war. I didn't do anything to Russia, Blue. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about up the, the, the people upstairs tried to uh, make their money not count as much and try to, you know, crumble it and they couldn't do it. I want, I want to play you something. And for everybody as well. This is from the opening part of the series, Mr. Robot. Just kind of listen to what he says. What I'm about to tell you is top secret. A conspiracy bigger than all of us. There's a powerful group of people out there that are secretly running the world. I'm talking about the guys no one knows about, the guys that are invisible. The top 1% of the top 1%, the guys that play God without permission. What do you think about that? Like what he just said about his evil group of cabal that meet up every week. And we already know there is a connection between Mr. Robot and this movie. What does that tell you, Blue? There's some people up there that are playing God, like you said, man. Yeah, there, there, there maybe is a cabal there. Um, if you're looking for another crazy theory, uh, look up something. I'm going to say this slowly because I don't want to get demonetized. Fall 
like like the um you know what comes after uh summer of cabal is something maybe <laughs> if you can find go check it out it's pretty crazy it's intense he's saying that he thinks that no one is in control that is it's all make-believe and so he goes who might have the kind of access and the right kind of information uh, but the only thing that you can get is a heads up amanda doesn't like this right so he gets she gets all in her um you know gets all upset so i don't really like this and he goes well i'm gonna change your mind he takes her downstairs to put on some some music and dance right and she pulls out an album it's called next it's a it's a pretty crazy song man if you go look up the lyrics to it but they start dancing and and blues like he feels that he can take them both out in a dancing competition isn't that correct Blue? i can man i told you this this bum the other night at the bar to dance battle me and i did and i think he won but i was pretty drunk so i, I let him win <laughs> Yeah, you, sh you should have done the worm. So they're dancing and they actually get kind of close. And you know how I mentioned earlier that I felt like there was some rockiness in her relationship with Clay? Doesn't she look like Elaine, though? Like when she's dancing right there from Elaine from Seinfeld? That's right. Um, it's a little cheesy to me. She could. I mean, I'm going to look it up who it was. Um, and, and some people might think that I'm joking about the dance battle at the bar, but I'm not. It really happened a couple weeks ago. What, what was the song? It was a 90s theme song. It was at, at a 90s bar. We're dancing like robots. I was at the end of the night, you know, it was like almost 1.45 in the morning. And I probably already had like, I want to say about 15 drinks, maybe. No, I'm just joking. So I did find out what song it was. It was Too Close by Neck is the uh, the song. The first line says, I wonder if she could tell I'm hard right now is the first line of the song. The chorus goes, baby, when we're grinding, I get so excited. I try, but I can't fight it. You gotta You're take it real, real close. slow. Plus it's real, real slow. You're making yeah, it hard. For that's a good song, man. That's good oldie. It, it is, man, but it has some very like it's a very sexual song for two married people. What do you think, Blue? I know you're getting excited. I think I think you have it in your it's in your playlist, ain't it? Yeah, it's on, it's in there. You know, it's a good song. I like the way he he danced. He he, he danced way better than Julia Roberts. Sorry, Julia. I mean, you you did remind me of Elaine when she you know we do the little kick and and Seinfeld and stuff like that. So, do you think that 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 it was choreographed that way for her to purposely dance bad. I think so. I think so too. What do you What do you think that says? Right, you're, you're listening to an RB R and B song. It is, you know, it's a um, an African American group. And earlier in this movie, she was, you know, somewhat racist to a certain extent, or had some racial undertones. You know, she basically said that she didn't think that they owned the house and thought that maybe perhaps he was a handyman and, and his daughter was the help. I think that it was some sort of like, I guess, kind of like get at you for saying like, you know, she she likes the culture, she enjoys the music, but she can't stand the people. You get what I'm saying? What, what do yeah. you think, Blue? I mean, it, it kind of persuaded that a little bit, but I think she's, and like in the beginning, she said she was just tired of people. She didn't say a specific kind, so, but in the movie, they made it seem that way. That's true. At this point, that noise comes back, right? It was that noise that was heard earlier on while they were while the kids were out in the uh, you know out in the wilderness. Uh, that noise came out again, and so this is when they all come back to bed. They all go to their se separate rooms, and this is Ruth and her dad laying in bed, and she starts telling her dad that one that she thinks that Clay wants to have sex with her. She tells um, her dad that she caught the guy, the Clay's son, taking pictures of her while she was in her bathing suit, and that. Amanda is, you know, Amanda and how she's been throughout this movie. They have not gone along. She says trust should not be dueled out easily to anyone, especially white people. Even mom would agree with me on that. But what do you think about that, Blue? Remember, this was produced by former President Barack Obama. Like, what, what do you think about something like that coming out of, like, a, a former president? Yeah, who knows what part he wrote, right? But if his name's going to be on there, you know, I'm pretty sure he, he understands what can come out through the media. 
through the interpretations but yeah i don't know man i i felt like it's just weird you know what yeah. i mean like like could you imagine like uh i don't know george bush coming out with a movie that had a, a lot of weird stuff that pointed out to some other stuff for for specific race you know what i'm yeah. saying you know pointing out everything and that they've done in, the, in in their past not necessarily stuff that has been done today julia roberts and ethan hawk aren't aren't bringing in slaves on ships through the harbor and in center point. Right. They're not yeah. doing that. That, that was history. That was a long time ago. That was and 500 years ago or 300 years ago or whatever it is now. But I think it's like, it, it, there could be a second part to this where it's like, all right, they're showing how, you know, white settlers came and they took land. They took things by force. They, they have killed, they've done all these things. And maybe it's, it's there to point out that, you know, you, you y'all did it once. It's now the rest of the world's turn. Yeah, like, I mean this this has happened for thousands of years. I mean, look at the Roman Empire with what they've conquered. Right. You know, the English, the Babylonian. You know, they would conquer each other to take over their lands. You know, they would try to build their you know kingdom bigger. Been like that for thousands of years. I think now it's changed. We can't do that no more. We've been civilized. They try. They can try to do that. But there's regulations. I mean, look at what uh, what happened. I want to say it was in Arizona. There's this place in Arizona where the state had to step in to regulate these companies that were coming in from, I want to say it was either Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I think it was Saudi Arabia. They're buying these big old plots of land. They were growing this alfalfa that's super like, rich, and it takes a lot of water to grow it. So they were drying up the ecosystem for the local farmers and they were mm. just pumping out the river, pumping out the river and all these farmers lands were going dry and, you know, all their crops were dying because there was no um, regulations in that area. And what, what, are, what were we doing? We were growing all this, this, this alfalfa food feed and they would ship it back to their country because they can't grow it in their country. It's illegal. They don't, I think it is illegal to grow there too. There's a lot of regulations on where that can happen, but yeah, no, you're right here on this scene. Uh, the clay and his family there they go and go sleep in bed together and amanda realizes that archie's kind of warm and the next day he wakes up with with an issue now real quick you're going to notice that the waves have now it's kind of hard to see but the waves have gone all the way to the roof in the bedroom they were uh, you know just above where the bed frame was and then they were above the lamps right about right here and now they're all the way to the roof and what ends up happening is old boy starts pulling out his teeth and i think most of them end up coming out it's pretty disgusting but kind of cool at the same time and now we get to the final part of the movie the final part is called the last one now in this scene when they woke up um, rose was missing she was gone but the attention was to archie because his teeth were obviously falling out and this is also when you see the painting in the back went from four disorientation now you can't even understand what's going on there it's just white and black so he talks about going to his contractor's house which is danny uh, the guy that she saw at the convenience store earlier he said that he's a bit of a like a prepper and that he may have had some antibiotic antibiotics he thinks that the reason why um, oh boy, his teeth are falling out. Is probably Lyme disease from the tick. At that point, Clay comes in saying he can't find Rose. He looked all over the house. She's not there. Ruth and Amanda decide that they're going to go look for Rose while uh, George and Clay take, they take Archie to, to Danny's house to go find some medicine. So those two things are happening at the same time, right? So we're going to go down first, start off with Amanda and Ruth. Um, what does this look like behind? Does that look like a butterfly to you? Yeah, it caught my eye, but I couldn't see it too well. Why, why like, do you think there's a butterfly there with a bunch of different colors on it? If it is a butterfly, maybe. I maybe it looks like, 
It looks like an eye or something to me. It could be. I thought it was like a butterfly, like this is the body going up and down, and this is the one wing. It's not open, you know, or it could be actually. I see something drawn on this side, but it's so dang dark. Yeah. I can't see. The scene was so dark. You know, I thought maybe butterfly if it was changed, but you're right. It could be an eye. It's got to do something. It has to be something here. But yeah, these these two start getting into it. They, they've had this tension since the beginning. And I think this is where Amanda kind of comes to her senses because she's like, you know, my son is sick. This and that. And like everything's always about her, 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 right? And her family. And then she finally tells her, like, you don't get it. Like, my mom's missing. I haven't seen her. We don't even know where she's at, if she's alive. You know, you're staying in our house, stuff like that. And I think that's when she starts to realize how selfish she's been. And then she tells her that, you know, we, we, F everything on this planet and over and over and think it'll be fine. So she comes to a realization of how people are in general, like kind of tying a bow on everything that we've seen where there's things that are there, but people are oblivious to it or they don't care or they claim to not notice it. Like this whole woke stuff that was going on with the ship and everything else, but basically saying that, you know, you, you're not aware of the racial undertones of the things that surround you. And she goes, because we, we use paper straws and order free range, you know, chicken, that they think that they're doing okay. But all of a sudden, a bunch of deer start running by and they, they walk out. Amanda actually leaves Ruth there and all these deer surround Ruth in front of that um, shed there. And then Amanda comes running and then they both start screaming and they scream the deer away. Big Blue, if you walked outside and you saw this, what are you doing, Blue? Walking right back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. That's a good that, that reminds me of like when I used to work in a subdivision in Canyon Lake. People hand feed the deer there, like in their front yard. So you walk out of the house that you're working on, and they're just like they're just staring at you. They're like domesticated pets at that point. I mean, I know in this movie they they have a different meaning, but they they see in the distance like bombs blowing up. The city is under attack, and there's a it, it zooms up. There's quite a few bombs going off. And let's see, what else do we see in this picture? Looks like a helicopter or some sort right there. So something has the ability to fly. You have another aircraft right here and another one over here. So there there was aircraft flying in the area. You can also hear like the sounds of gunfire and stuff like that from this image. Now we go back to George and Clay. They show up at Danny's house. Now, what do you notice from this image first? This is when they show up to Danny's. Anything stand out to you, Big Blue? No, the flag. That's the only thing that stands out to me. His door's red, I guess. That's the only other thing. He's got a red door. That's true. Got the American flag. It's got a camera up here, which means he doesn't trust anybody. You have these pillars here, which are a sign of like the South. The South used to have those kind of pillars on their on their homes. Uh, it's white home. Uh, also kind of a representation of that as well. Uh, he's wearing some jeans. He's got a gun in his hand, shotgun, no soliciting sign in the background. You know, this is something that you would symbolize as basically like uh, a cowboy's had a, like a normal Texan. You know what I mean? So um, the only thing that's missing is the Texas flag. And uh, we don't call 911 sign here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we call 911. They, they, they start talking. They basically, he starts telling them that his son, who's in this car back here, his teeth were falling out. And he goes, oh, his teeth, huh? He goes, well, that's got to do something with that noise. It's not all that uh, dissimilar to what happened in Cuba a while back. Remember when I told you about Cuba and that JFK thing? No, oh, the Cuba. But there was also during the when Obama was president. I want to say it was him. It was a few years ago. They were having those incidents in Cuba at the at the U.S. embassy where they were getting attacked supposedly by sonar, 
and the workers were getting headaches and they were going, uh, you know, for like a week or two, they weren't even allowed to go into the building because everybody's getting sick. Yeah, that's, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. I think he's actually referring to that incident because yeah. a lot of these incidents happen in real life. They use microwave weapons. It kind of produces uh, some sort of radiation and some people lost their teeth there. It's a weapon that he said that the U.S. put out. So that tells us that this weapon is, is it's in a, and again, was that the same car? Remember, Blue? look at those wheels. That was parked next to her. Remember, no, I know, is, that, is that his car? The other car is more blue. This is like black. Oh, right. I'm going to go back and look at it. Blue. You know, he says some people lost their teeth there, but that tells me that that is a weapon from America. That's an American weapon. He even goes, maybe, you know, somebody got a hold of that technology. And then he goes, you know, that he's been seeing this, that the Russians had moved out of Washington a week ago. And he says, you got to read more, you know, deeper than page one. That's a saying that's typically used, you know, from the politically right, that past page one is where you find the real, real news. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is where he says, he said, the Russians recall their staff from Washington. Now they get all crazy because he says, all right, now get off my property. And he's like, no, nah, we need the antibiotics for for Clay's son. He's dying. He's sick. And he, he tells him, basically, I'm a useless man. Can't do anything without technology. And he said, he tells him, I'll give you a thousand dollars cash. You know, if we can get some antibiotics, he goes and gets a thousand dollars that Georgia gave him earlier for letting him stay at that place. He hands it to him, says, hey, you know, computers are down, things like that. Cash is probably going to be the only way of, you know, with only form of money. Where there's no Apple Pay or those things. So he gives him a thousand dollars cash for the medication. And he goes, I guess an old, old fashioned barter system was expected at some point. It's just cash. So it is what it is. But he he talks, he, he shows him the paper. They show they show Danny the paper. And he says that he had a friend of his they, that before the phones went out, something similar happened uh, on the uh, opposite side of the world. I think this was in California, maybe. It, but the pamphlets were in korean or in chinese or mandarin he didn't know which one another kind of dig to in my opinion of saying that he, he's ignorant to not know you know what language it was no uh, on that part he said that he thought it was mandarin or, or korean because when he looked at it he's like this guy did a couple of tours in iraq he would have known it was arabic yeah or something like that and because yeah, I think this one's in arabic and i think this is when they Put it all together for me. And this is when I said, dude, everything made sense. I was right. Danny says that, you know, they've pissed off a few countries, you know, along the way. Maybe a few of them got together. Right. But they go and sit inside the car and George starts having a conversation. He goes, it would have made more sense if we were on the brink of an all out invasion because he finally says he knows what it is. And he's like, but this I didn't think we'd actually let something like this happen because my primary client works in the defense sector. I spend a lot of time studying the cost benefit analysis of military campaigns, a simple three stage maneuver that could topple a country's government from within. The first stage is isolation. We talked about those Tesla cars and disable their communications and transport. The satellite radio was gone. And one thing that he had mentioned was with the, I mean, a satellite phone was gone. That if you have a clear view of the sky, the satellite phone should connect to it. That means the satellites are down. It says, make the target as deaf and dumb and paralyzed as possible, Set, um, setting them up for the second stage, synchronized chaos, terrorize them with covert attacks and misinformation, which is like those papers, uh, overwhelm their defense capabilities, leaving them weapons, uh, leaving their weapon systems vulnerable to extremists of, and their own military. You know, Without a clear enemy or motive, people would start turning on each other. If done successfully, the third stage would happen on its own, uh, coup d'etat, a civil war. But what got me was when he said, I didn't think we'd actually let something like this happen. It makes sense if it was an invasion from someone else. I would have made more sense if we were on the brink of an all-out invasion. I think we would make this happen. So I think that what he's saying is America let this happen. America did this so they can kick off, you know, world without borders. In the 
in the show, Mr. Robot, the goal is to have a reset, to reset all the debt, to have a reset of wealth. That is the whole purpose of Mr. Robot. I think that's what's going on here. It's the Great Reset, NWO, the New World Order. And the only way you do it is if you, you know, you, you reset the whole thing. Now, then it goes to this image. And first thing that I noticed was, you know, the red door. There's the bicycle that was missing from the house that they thought that Rose took. It says thorns, red door, thorns. What do you think that means? Roses in there. Roses have thorns. There you go, buddy. There you go. That's what I'm thinking, too. Every rose has a thorn. All right, so it shows her inside just divulging, not caring. She not, you know, she could have gone back and found her family and said, hey, this is where it's at. This is what we're doing. She didn't. She decides to eat. She's just thinking about herself, overindulging. Then she sees this hallway with these red walls. What did you think first and foremost when you saw this red wall? Did you think anything? At first, I didn't know. I just thought it was kind of weird that they're, to me, it was like she was going to go to some kind of satanic room or something. That's what I was thinking too, man. I was like, man, this is where they get that adrenal con or whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called. And I'm saying the wrong thing on purpose because I don't want to get demonetized for that either. But uh, that's where they get the adrenal con from their innocent victims. But yeah, that's the first thing that went to my mind. They've talked about the cabal, you know, things like that. I'm like, dude, this is just really insane. And then produced by the former president. Uh, I just thought it was crazy. And then What's this here? It says hope begins in the dark. The reset, dude. I'm telling you, it's about a reset. It's about the freaking reset. She goes, she finds this big old door. This ends up being so Danny had told those guys that uh, the thorns had basically had a uh, he had seen some plans and that they had a bunker and that they need to get to the bunker. Well, she found that bunker. Can't even read what that says. What does that say? Blue? Right, I'm going to go back. Can you read that? It's a C-O-M-M-O-D-U-S. Commodus. Commodus. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure it has something to do with something. Let us know in the live chat if you know what that what, what that reference is here. So she goes in and there's a, it's an underground bunker. You got water, you have a um, fake window with a video that looks like it's facing outside. You have American mugs. I don't know what that is, but it looks like a little, little fat chef. This is the one thing I, I found to be stupid. The lights didn't turn on to here. So like, you know, how are these plants alive without light and this green? I mean, I know that the bottom one here don't look too great. You would not have plants that look like this if they were in the dark until this moment. So yeah, I, I mean, I thought that was funny. Have their own lights right there on the right. So there's some bunk beds some workout equipment. This is to, to filter air in and out. And then you got this, this, this page here. So you have some Aunt Jemima, uh syrup that's been, that's been canceled. Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben's. I don't know who that is. Cream of wheat, more Aunt Jemima. Can't see what that is. That's the salt. Something. There's this, this one's been canceled too, this orange stuff. And somewhere here, I saw a picture of it. There's a Trader Jose beer or something like that. So a lot of these things that have been canceled are in this, in this bunker. Cream of wheat can too, I think. Though. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you think about that blue, that they filled this with a lot of things that are no longer, that have been considered controversial? Like to me, it's saying that it's not that important. Oh no, dude. I think, I think that like everything in this show or in this movie has been like to show how, you know, how effed up people are. They have, you know, they don't even realize that what they have around them has something to do with racism. Right. I, I think it's, it's definitely put here on purpose. So then it goes to this image here. You have 6999.310. Some people say that upside down, that's 666. And then it comes in with an emergency alert. It says, White House and major cities are under attack by rogue armed forces. It doesn't say, you know, international forces or yeah, Russian uh, that, forces. That thing that I was reading in the front, I was like, man, whatever, that's like a, like a meter or something. And then it says that there's high radiation. Maybe it's a radiation meter. But but the rogue armed forces part, 
Now, if you remember um, that image where we were looking at the city being attacked, there was helicopters and planes in the sky. Don't don't you think that they would also be under the same issues that were causing those planes to dive out of the sky when he went to the Huxley's house? I think so, but I don't know. Like there is older planes that don't have any helicopters that don't have any like computers. Like it's not controlled by computer. True, and but why would they be attacking an American city like that? This doesn't say that. This doesn't say that this is under attack by foes or enemy forces it says by rogue armed forces or rogue armed forces our own guys our own guys are doing it elevated um, radiation levels uh, detected near multiple population centers you know she talked about power plants do you think that's where the radiation is coming from because they uh, attacked some power plants it can be yeah they blew them up so it could be leaking power plants like chernobyl and this was at uh seek media shelter emergency alert 9 17 204 10 i don't know if that's the time and date but if it is it doesn't make sense because it it's not two in the morning. No, it's like because Chernobyl, the reactions didn't happen right away to some people. Some people, yeah, their hair fell out, their teeth fell out. Like after that, all the birth defects started happening to all the kids around Chernobyl from the radiation. All right, let's see what's up here. You have Center Stage, Castaway, Casper, Cashier, Cody, Combining Love. Buffy, um, Bruce Almighty, Bruce Willis collection. I don't say they're gonna have a movie with Julia Robertson. Breach, Bridget Jones Diary, Bring It On. I was just wondering if there was something that made these movies, I don't know, special or something. Everything's been put in here for a reason. You know what I mean? I wonder if these movies are put in here for a specific reason or if there's like something that we're not seeing. The one where Joey speaks French. Hey, didn't old boys speak French? Coup d'etat, Civil War. The one with Princess Consuela. That's when uh Consuela could be the lady that old boy left on the side of the road. The lady was speaking Spanish. Maybe. I'm not sure. The one where Esla dies. And look, there's a plane in the background. Old girl's mom possibly died in the plane. The one with Rachel's going away party. And then the last one. I don't know about the going away party, but, you know, well, they, they did have a party. Uh, a little bit of a get together, drinking, the whole nine yards. So you think that could play a, play something in here? You think that that's on purpose? Look at these. Look at these buttons, man. When have you ever seen the stop button blue? Like all these buttons are blue. I, I don't know. I went to my, my, my remote. I don't, I don't remember seeing a stop button blue. It's always been like red, uh, things like that. It. Most remotes have Netflix, Disney, and Amazon on it. That was Spice. It only has Netflix. And then you have, for whatever reason, it wasn't popping up there for a second, but now it is. The ending shot. Blue tone over this young lady's face. And you said you didn't like this ending, right? No, because I never knew if they made it back. And now... It ended with her watching friends and leaving her family behind and not even telling them about the bunker. I think this is a symbolization of, you know, this person, lack of emotions, lack of things, only cares about their, you know, her life and what makes her happy. The simple things that make her happy. She cares Uh, about self-gratification or self-gratification. Right. Maybe possibly emotionless. One of the younger persons. Right. Um, you're looking at somebody that only cares about this show while the world around her is literally falling apart. I, I think that's a symbol of that. Let's go back to back to a brave new world by the uh, Aldous Huxley. It says in this society, emotions and individuality are conditioned out of children at a young age and there are no lasting relationships. Everyone belongs to everyone else. Common world state. Dictum. Do you think that this is a representation, perhaps, of that in the making? 
you know, this is a young person lacking of some of the things that they're wanting to take out. You know, all she cares about is this. But I think that at the end of this, it's not so much that that we don't know what happens. I think I think it worked is what it's trying to say. The world, one world state. Well, that's the end of that. What do you think, Blue? Do you think my theory is just completely off? Because it sounds like you do. No, it's got a lot of hidden features in this movie. Everybody's going to have their theories on it. We'll see what comes out, man. We'll see what if we can compare a note to somebody else. Somebody else might do a review and maybe we'll have them on here and we'll talk about it. It's interesting, but I think that this is what this movie is about. This movie is about the total reset. This is about New World Order and why they're doing it. Well, that's going to be a, a show for us. Blue, you got any final words for everybody? I'm good, man. Y'all take care. Y'all be safe out there. Happy holidays if we don't see you by then. And uh, just remember, be nice to others because they might not be having a good day. 100%. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button and ring that notification bell. And um, yeah, be cool to your neighbors because you never know. When the world goes chaos and they're the only people that are close enough for you to have to trust. So with yeah. that being said, we're out. Peace. Peace out, guys.